I try to keep you up with some of the things. I noticed last night I got a, a, a clip. I don't watch the news. I don't have time for it. I don't believe it anyhow, most of it. They've got it all biased and everything. But I did get a little clipping. And you might have got this too. And it said PNC Bank in crisis. I don't know who PNC Bank is, but it's a pretty good sized bank. It says it's called the banking giant to close 47 branches in 15 states by June the 23rd. Now, I've been telling you we're going to have problems. We've done seen some of this stuff in this. We're getting set up every single day for getting the world shaped up for the Antichrist. And somebody said, well, I just don't worry too much about I don't worry at all about the Antichrist. I'll be out of here. According to my Bible, he done told me I'm going to be gone. And uh, we dealt with that in our Bible study yesterday. PNC operates, that bank does, more than 2,700 branches in 35 states. Now, this is a major thing. Virginia, Texas, New Jersey, Alabama, Maryland, Florida, Kentucky, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Arizona, Ohio, California, Colorado, Illinois, uh, uh, Michigan, and uh, North Carolina. That's the states it's going to involve. And I'm just telling you that so you stay aware. You'll hear it. And when you do, don't worry about it. You said, I don't worry about it. No, I ain't got no money in that bank. I don't worry about it either. They ain't got nothing put in it. Amen. Amen. So I praise the Lord. But I want you to take your Bible, please. And let's go to the fourth chapter of the book of 1 Timothy. No telling how many times I've used this as a uh, reference to something I'm preaching or have preached or something I've taught. And I've even preached off of this same chapter and these same verses time and time again. And I had some things I thought I was going to preach today, tonight. And uh, I come home this afternoon and when I... Went to study and look at these things. I studied on those things I thought I was going to preach. But I couldn't get the liberty and the nudge. And Brother Burl knows what I'm talking about. If you don't get that little touch from the Holy Ghost of God, knowing that you've got something that's comfortable, amen. Now, the Word of God's comfortable for me to preach from Genesis to Revelation. But I don't know what you need till I study and God shows me what you need. And I know you need it from Genesis to Revelation, so I can pick up anything, and it's going to help you. But God has his times for certain messages, and so therefore I was spoken to by the Spirit of God to go here and look at it. And I said, Lord, I've been here lots of times, and that's all right. We sing the same songs over here all the time, too. And I won't preach the same message, never have. It'll come up something different every time. Amen. So we're going to let the Lord do it tonight. Got a few little thoughts to think about. Look at 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 1. And I'll ask you to stand tonight. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You're not standing to me no how. You're standing in reverence to the Word of God. The Bible said now, I like that, now. Don't you like it now? All right, now the Spirit speaketh and keeps on speaking because it's got a T-H on the end of it. Amen. Speaketh. And then keeps on speaking. And that's what he's doing. And I'm keeping on preaching. And I preacheth. Praise God. And so it said, now the Spirit speaketh expressly. And that's the way he does it. That in the latter times, 
Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Thank God for that. He said, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified, set apart, sanctified by the word. It's not a sanctified by man, it's sanctified by uh, the word. Amen. And I appreciate that, the word of God and prayer. So now you can be seated and we'll look at this. And Dean, would you go back and turn on the air? I believe we need it. All right. I pray today that God might touch us. Heavenly Father, as we've bowed here tonight at the house of God, we thank you for the word that's already been read in our hearing. We thank you for the spirit of God that we feel. And we thank you for the singing, Lord, that challenged our heart. And I pray God tonight that you'll give us now something from the Word. Spread the table that we will tonight receive something from the throne of God. And Lord, may it not be something that we've just thrown in, but God, you have sent forth tonight on the table and from the table of God that we might uh, feast upon the riches of your grace, apply it to our heart and walk out of here uh, shouting the victory and giving you the praise. We thank you for what you are, who you are, what you do and what you have done, and Lord, even what you're going to do tonight. Touch our minds, our souls, our bodies. And God, I pray that you get the glory out of every single bit of it. In Jesus' precious name, we humbly pray. Amen. Now let's go back to verse number one. The Bible said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Now I like that word some. I don't like the ones that's departing if they believe the truth. But I am glad some tells me that not all are. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's going to be some standing when Jesus comes. And I believe we need some to keep standing. We got so many throwing in the towel, quitting, giving up, and uh, just backing off. And then, of course, every time some of God's men get out, the devil will put in a half a dozen more to take their place. And I want to tell you something. The devil's replaced us with something that we don't have or don't want. Amen. Amen. And we're getting a lot of bad, uh, bad vibes from uh, the preaching industry today. Now, you may not agree with me tonight, but I want you to know that's an area that seems to be in real dangerous trouble tonight. It's the preaching of the Word of God. We've got a lot of great men across this land that's preaching the Word of God, but some of them could not preach themselves out of a paper sack and it wet. And some of them wouldn't know what they're preaching about and don't know what they're preaching and people are following them hook, line, and sinker. And when they preach a few things tonight, they believe everything they say. Don't really care whether they look at it or not. 
And we need some men of God like we've never had before that'll take a stand and stand tall upon the Word of God and preach it. Now the Bible said here in the latter times that some uh, would uh, fall or would depart from the faith. Depart from the faith. Depart from the faith. Now we need to get more faith, not away from it. And I've seen people quit and give a matter of fact, I've seen about anything you could see when you think you've seen it all, and I have thought I've seen it all a few times. I just take another nap and wake up, and something happens that I ain't never seen. Amen. Isn't that amazing? You said, Preacher, I've seen it all. No, you ain't. Amen. You just think you have. (laughs) Amen. And it's always worse. It's always shaking. And so it said, these that, well, what will happen, they'll depart from the faith. And when they depart from the faith, they turn around and go in a different direction, giving heed to seducing spirits. If you back off on God, the devil will put in some things that you don't want. We're seeing that. Even in the fundamentalism tonight, independent Baptists across America, i watching them now do things that I never would thought they would ever do. Amen. They back down. They want to get down to where they want to be abundant. They want to be blessed. We've got preachers that are scared to death of their shadow. They won't preach the truth because they're afraid somebody's going to say something about it or going to say something about them. And I tonight, I want to give God the word. I want to give it out because He's given it to me. Now, He said, giving heed to seducing spirits. Those seducing spirits are not saints of God. These seducing spirits are of the spirit world and of darkness. And they come from Satan. Now let me just give you something tonight. We'll come back to this in a minute. But let's turn back. Hold your place there in 1 Timothy. And let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter... uh, Let's see where do I want to go tonight. And uh, 2 Corinthians... Second Corinthians, please. And uh, we're going to go, please, over to uh, chapter number 11. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 13. And I want you to know, and I've said this for ages and years. I say ages. I ain't been that alive. I feel like it sometimes. But in the 75 years I've been around, I've said it lots of times. I say every time God calls a preacher, the devil will call a half a dozen. I may be wrong. It might be more than that. Amen. The way it looks today, it is. But in verse 13, it said, For such are false apostles. Amen. That's amazing. We don't even have apostles now. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Now they're not, they're imitators of God's what they are. Amen. These are not called of God. Yep, they're classified preachers. They're classified men of the cloth. Uh, some of them even carry a King James Bible. I don't doubt many of them do, but some of them would. And they try to convince because they're in the business of trying to convince. Now hear what it says. It says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed. Not transformed by the grace of God. Amen. Not transformed as a Christian. 
Not transformed by the grace of God to be a new creature. But he's transformed into an angel of light. In other words, he's going to appear like he's got the real goods. He's going to preach like he's a real preacher. Amen. But you'll know him from his doctrine. Some of his doctrine will be right. You know the devil don't mind uh, uh, telling a little bit of uh, false because he's the liar and the father of it. Always has lied. But what he knows is going to get the job done is tell a little bit truth in every lie he tells. And that's going to convince the people to follow after him. I'll show you that in just a little bit when I get gets wound up here in a minute. So I'm looking in verse 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose ends shall be according to their works. Now these are usually those, and you'll know them by their doctrine. Amen. Somebody said that. I, but you know the Baptists don't hardly, and I'm saying this, a lot of people in our Baptist churches don't even know what the doctrine of God is. If they get up and say, Hallelujah, glory to God for Christ, they believe they're all right when they can be all wrong. And they'll tell you, when they get up and talk about losing their salvation, you'd mark that off right now. That's not a doctrine of God. They're a false prophet, they're a false teacher. When they start preaching something that's not in this book, it's false doctrine. And you've got to mark it down. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also, along with him, be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. What's righteousness? Right living. Whose end shall be according to their works. Some preachers will tell you and teach you how to live right, but they've got a, a something else on their mind and the devil is directing their paths. So the devil's putting them in the ministry as, as quick as God puts them in or quicker sometimes. And I, I don't know the, the content of that, but I'm telling you, it does happen. Now let's go back, please, to chapter 4 and verse number 1. Just wanted to show you that the devil is not shy of standing up, amen, and preaching. Amen. You can see that by what you've got going on. Oh, yeah, I know, preacher. There's some people out there that's preaching way out. Let me tell you something. There's some, some is fallen Satan tonight that's not preaching like some of those out there are. Amen. But they're taking over in our churches. I'm going to give you some things tonight. I've never seen as much change being happening in the independent Baptists as I have in my last few years. I hear things in the news and it, it just it just curls my hair what I had of it. Amen. But I'm going back a minute to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And it's said that they'll some will depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits. What's that? Satan seducing people. Somebody said, I don't know what seducing is. Well, everybody in here knows what a seducing woman is. Amen. She's somebody that is out there to, uh, uh, you know, kind of lure. Her business is to try to lure you from a beaten path. Her job is to draw. That's what Satan does with the gospel. He entices. Amen. Uh, they are trying their best to get to your heart. 
and preachers through the preaching of what they're preaching today in the line of satanic, I want you to know, are out to entice you. Churches are being enticed. Preachers are being enticed. Uh, Church members are being enticed. Amen. Uh, I've heard this and I've thought about it. I've seen this. Uh, I remember a young man that came to this church a long time ago. I guess 20 years. I may be wrong on the years, but uh, some of you didn't know it. He's been gone before you uh, got here. But I know some that's been here. And he come in and he said he had got saved and he was looking for a church. I went and picked him up and brought him in here and uh, went back and forth and brought him and tried to teach him, tried to taint, train him. And one day, he always, every time I picked him up, he never rejoiced in the Lord. I want to tell you something. If you said you've got saved and you never have one kind word, one biblical word, or one nice word to say about Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you, you didn't get the goods. Because if you ever got saved and got your life changed, and the Holy Ghost moved in and the devil moved out of your life, there's some good things. I never get heard him say one good kind thing about the Lord. And here's what he finally ended up telling me. He said, preacher, I, I don't feel comfortable at church. I said, and I'm, I said to myself, he's probably lost. And I had already picked up on that. And when you got one like that, it's hard to convince them that they're lost. The problem with getting somebody saved is getting them lost. And that's hard to do in this modern day. Everybody in this county that I talk to most of the time, they'll ever one tell you they're saved, but they live like the devil and his brother, if you had one. You with me? You can't win them if they're not lost. And they've got, you've got to get them lost before you can get them saved. So he said to me one day, he said, Preacher, I'm going to quit coming to this church. He said, I'm more miserable now than I was when I got saved. And I said, well, I can understand that to a degree because if you've been drinking all your life and cussing all your life and chasing women all your life, and then when God saves you and you're not willing to give up all that God has take, give, take, is supposed to have taken away from you, you're going to be miserable. But the thing is, he never had one time, never started it. That's the reason I always thought he was lost. You know what happened to him? He left here. You know what he's doing today? Same thing he's doing before I met him. You know why? He didn't get the goods. And the devil gave him a deception and he's believing on that. Well, I've had that to happen uh, not too far back on another fella. And somebody, I, mean, I want you to know, sent me a text to one that they know that's basically the same way. Yeah. I've seen this over and over and over. They've been, and they didn't leave the faith. They've just been seduced yeah. to believe a lie. Yeah. And that's where they're blinded and they can't get into it. Now he says, seducing spirits and doctrines of death. Let me tell you something. You know what I've seen in Baptist churches? I've seen people make a profession of faith. And then they go right back to the hell holes that they come out of. They still drink, cuss, swear, I live ungodly women, men. It don't make no difference. 
They'd get out there and do that and you never see any, any fruits of repentance in their heart and life. You know what I classify that? I classified that they got a deceit, they got deceived. Amen. I do believe today if you even get a one to you see, when I got saved, now I don't know how uh, you got it and what you got, but I know what I got. When I come down the aisle and bowed in the altar, I didn't know how to pray the sinner's prayer, but I did say, God. Uh, save my soul. I knew I was lost. That preacher preached me uh, into hell. I want you to know, I thought he'd give me the whole load and I thought he's just about to push me in. I was under conviction. I didn't know what to do when the invitation was given. I was sitting on the second row right on the end of the pew and I thought about turning left and going out. Instead, I turned right and come to the altar. I praise God for that. And He saved me. And from that day on, God began to touch me. He began to move on my heart and life. And He began to point out things. And God has directed me. Yep, I had a few problems. I had a little rebellious streak. I didn't want to do everything. Here's what happens. People sit in the pews and they look at that. And the next thing you know, preacher preaches something. They they know they've got to give that up. They give that up. Then the preacher preaches something else. And they give that up. And the preacher preaches something else. And they give that up. And after a while, they're looking and they said, hey, I can't do nothing. I can't do nothing. So they get discouraged. Let me tell you, God saves you from sin, but He saves you to something. At the same time, He saves you to the Word of God and to service to serve Him. And when you give up something, you're to put something else in its place. God don't give you uh, take things away from you, but what He don't want to give you something else. And if you're not willing tonight to take on what God's given you, and if you're not willing to get closer to God after you've got saved, then you've been deceived. And our churches are filled with people that are deceived, and they think that they're saved, but they don't have no touch in their heart and life, and they won't do nothing. They won't knock on the door. They won't pray. or They won't do anything. They won't witness to people. They won't even read their Bible, and they won't pray. Our churches are filled with that. And if that's the kind of religion, that's all it is. If you got that, I'd check my salvation tonight. You need to get at it because I believe God saves you from and puts you in too. All right? And then it said, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Did you know people believe the doctrines of devils? Amen. I just wrote down some of this today. And, and I want to tell you something. I look at this, and I was looking at some little program, or not a little program, but I saw a little uh, transcript of what somebody had wrote and looked at it, and they was talking about all the many, and they gave a big list of men, uh, women's, women preachers. Now, you can disagree with me if you want to. I don't care. But the Bible has never, and it's taught this, He's never called a woman... To carry the word of God. He has not done it. And he will not do it. If you'll look at it. You'll find if a, if a, a man. or a, If a man desires the job of a bishop. He desireth a good word. He. And I hear these people like. Uh, Beth Moore. And Joyce Myers. And all. You ever watch them? About five minutes is all I can stand. 
They'll take your microphones and cram, cram them down their throat. And they'll go to preaching like a man preaches and, a, uh, and uh, uh, you know, getting her, listen. And uh, they're standing there in their little high heels, dress masculine, and uh, the world goes crazy. Somebody said, preacher, I just don't go after that. Well, amen. amen. I don't either. God don't get in it. He hasn't done that. So I look at the, we've got more women preachers in our society than we have ever seen. Matter of fact, we've got some that calls themselves, they're not preachers. Now somebody says, preacher, don't you say things like that. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, you don't have the job. I'll say it. And brother, I'll keep preaching that. I believe it with all my heart that we've got that today. And so I look at this and he says, over here, that these would have, you know, you have your conscience seared with a hot iron. You know what uh, What a hot iron would do to nylon rope? We used to see this. We'd take a rope and sometimes it'll unravel it. Nylon rope will. But if you take you a little match and burn the end of it and uh, put it out, rub it together, it won't ravel no more. You know what? You won't have no feelings for God if you've got your conscience seared. And you won't feel the touch and tug of the Holy Ghost in your life. Brother, it says here, as we go on down, it says they come along and say, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. Let me ask you a question tonight. Can you sit down truthfully, lawfully, legally, and biblically Biblically, give me a meat that you shouldn't eat. The only way you can do that is you know a certain meat will hurt you. May run your blood pressure up and you know what you do when you eat. There are certain meats I can't eat. They hurt my body. But I can't tell you not to eat them because God said. You said, no, you can't eat pork. We've got religions that's built on that tonight. That you can't eat pork. Amen. Seven day Adventist is one of them. They can't eat meat. Uh, the Muslims can't eat pork and all that. And show me in the Bible where it's wrong. You said, oh I can. I can show you ain't supposed to eat catfish. I can show you not to eat pork. Where? In the Old Testament. Amen. That's right. But let me show you what God says today. You said, you mean it was wrong back then? Yes, sir. Is it wrong now? No. Why? God opened a new and living way. Then God is a different God. No, He ain't. Then how come He's got one rule for the Jew and a different rule for the Gentile? He ain't. Because the Jew and the Gentile can eat the same meat in the New Testament. You know, have you ever thought about why God wouldn't let them eat catfish? They just run around in the desert out there. Couldn't get to no catfish anyhow. You said, well, he told him not to eat catfish. That's right. Have you ever thought about God telling you sometimes not to do anything just to see if you would do it or not do it? Have you ever thought about that? God's asked you to do a lot of things sometimes you didn't do. God's asked you not to do a lot of things sometimes that you uh, will do. 
God's looking for my obedience and He's looking for your obedience. But let's turn to the book of Acts. Just in case you go out and say I'm a preaching something that's not there. Look at Acts chapter number 10. Let's go and look at this and I'll give you the scripture here and then we'll move on. In chapter number 10 of the book of Acts, we find how that Peter is on the rooftop. He's fixing to go see Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile. And Gentiles, the door was fixing to open for the Gentile. And Peter is supposed to go. And so he's on the rooftop in verse number 9 of chapter number 10. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, they were coming to get him, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And saw heaven opened, and a certain vessel descending upon... Why, preacher, he had visions and trances? Yeah. He didn't have a full copy of the Word of God then either. As it had been a great sheet knitted to four corners, as the old country boy was, I heard him say it on, on the corner. corner. He said, every time I hear him say it, he say on the corner. Amen, country preacher. And he said, and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. But Peter said, no, or not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Notice what the Lord says. And the voice spake unto him again the second time. Sometimes God has to speak plainer the second time to us. What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Peter, I've cleaned this. What I tell you, you can eat, you can eat. This was done thrice, three times. And the vessel was received up again into heaven. God was telling him he is fixing to go to the Gentiles. They classified them as dogs in the Old Testament. And the Jew and the Gentile didn't have anything to do with each other. And God's opening up the door so that the church can, the church can have Jews and Gentiles in it. And we do. I don't reckon we have any Jews here. But if we are, we, we welcome you here. But I want to say tonight that God has changed that. That's why he said now to Paul again later... That was Peter. He said this to Paul now. You can have what you want if it's sanctified by the word of God. Amen. Yeah, amen. Now some of y'all may go back and scratch your head and not figure that out. And you'll say, I still don't believe in eating catfish. Well, that's all right. Hey, some of them I can't eat either. But because they just ain't good sometimes. But they are some I can but I want you to know, I reckon if you wanted to, you'd eat, you could eat uh, grasshoppers this evening. I ain't, but you could. All right, let's just look at this. I'm saying it, and we're looking at something else. Now, we're knocking these religions, and these folks are going up and down the country preaching it. Seven-day Adventists swear by it. 
The Muslims swear by it. Other religions swear by it. You ain't got nothing to preach if that's all you got to preach. Then it says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. And I didn't get this one till now. And I'm going back. It said forbidding to marry. And you know Roman Catholicism says that their priest can't marry. Give me a scripture in the Word of God that tells me you can't. You said right there. No. He said that them false prophets go out and preach that. I believe we need to marry in the Lord and do it correctly by the Word of God. Amen. But false teachers teach that. Now, I want to share this with you tonight. I'm hearing so much that has been thrown around and I hear it all the time. I've heard it more in the last two months and it's getting to be worse. And they're talking about transitioning the church. Have you heard that little phrase? We're transitioning from this to this. I heard a preacher just a couple of days ago, pretty strong, stout preacher, And he said a young man called him in one of the churches and said, Preacher, I want you to pray for me. I am working on transitioning our church. He said, What are you going to transition it for? He said, Well, uh, we're going to transition just two things. Just two things. We're going to change two things that we've stood for at this church for so long. He said, what are those two things? He said, we're going to change the music and we're going to change the dress. And he said, young man, you'll throw the Bible out next. He said, oh no, we're going to hold to the King James Bible. But do you know tonight, if you ever monkey with a dress and you ever monkey uh, tonight with with the music, you've already thrown the Bible. Somebody said the reason our churches are getting so wicked and changing things is because they've dropped the King James Bible. No, they have already lost them things and the Bible's next. And he said, preacher, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And I don't know what ever happened. He warned that preacher. Another preacher said, we have just changed our sign in the front yard. He said, because I believe it would be in our best interest to change the sign and let people know that we don't adhere to what our sign says. As he said, what you changing it to? And that preacher said, we're going to put out there that we allow shorts now. And we are going to have dancing girls in our church. This is what the churches are transitioning to. You don't believe me? You go study what I'm saying. It's coming up. I try to keep up what I hear out there and what I see. You said, it may not be so. I want you to know it bothers me for them just to talk about transitioning something. They always transition uh, to something weaker. It's just like people 
that leaves sometimes. They get enough. I've had people in the churches for years. I've been pastoring for 55 years or, or 54 years, I guess, somewhere along there. Amen. They get up on me. But I'm telling you, I've seen just about everything take place in the church. I've seen this happen. I've seen somebody get saved by the grace of God. They were a drunk, a drug addict, a whoremonger, or a harlot. And all of a sudden they get saved by the grace of God. And they come to the church house and sit down. And the next thing you do is they're saying, I want to do something. I want to do something. I want to get at it. I want to go. I want to do it. I want God to give me something to do. I say, just pray. And uh, I say, the first thing you do, stick your head in that Bible and you learn all the Bible you can learn from front to backwards. You get everything you can. You pick out everything you can get. You soak it down in your soul so you'll know the Word of God that you may, may be able to stand against the doctrines of the devils. And that's the only way you knew it. Well, the next thing you know, they come walking in one day and they're strutting their stuff. They come in, they sit down, they quit amening, they quit getting involved much. And the next thing you know, uh, they make you appear as the pastor to make you think that they know and they have learned it in the past week or two. They've learned more than you know, preacher. I'm sure you've seen that, had not you, Brother Burrow? So then they get into the thought that they're going to tell you what's right and they show you and they start trying. Don't ever try to teach the preacher what he don't know. If you do, you take your Bible and show him under the Spirit of God. A good preacher will listen. But don't you walk up to him and say, Preacher, let me show you something. I've been told that I don't know how many times. Don't go out the door and say, this is what the Bible says. That's my job to do. I may not tell it right every time, but God will take care of me. And God will take care of you. And you know what? I have never told you in this building as long as I've been here that I think I know more than you. Have I ever said that? Have I ever bragged about knowing more than you know? If I went to the doctor and I wanted the doctor, you know what I'm going to automatically expect? He's got the job. He's got the license on the wall. He's got the education. And I don't go in and ask my doctor and say, Doctor, you know I found out I know more about me than you do. Amen. I never will forget that. I thought that a time or two. And I still say, I believe I know some things better than what the doctors do. I told some this week, doctors are out to kill you. They'll they'll try to kill you with with their medicines and at the same time, they're just all they're looking for is paying their car payment. Amen. Now they're good doctors. There's good preachers. And you don't walk into the house of God and think that you know more than the preacher. You may. You may. 
And if God's going to put you over the preacher, then just sit back. He'll do it. It just ain't your time yet. Look at me. I will die. My days are getting fewer. Just send your resume to God. Amen. Why, why would you want where I'm at anyhow? I've never wanted another man's ministry. Never. Amen. Now this is hard preaching, but I'm telling you, that's what we need. And uh, we need to be at the place. We need to quit transitioning things. One preacher said, I want to transition to change from the King James Bible to another version. In other words, he's saying, I don't want the preserved Word of God. I want a corruption. Can I turn with you tonight in the book of Psalms? Would you turn with me? We got this portrayed out there in the hall. There's something that you look at tonight when you go out. But in Psalms chapter 12, this is one of my favorite portions of the Word of God, and it backs up the King James Bible. Isn't it amazing that the devil hates the King James Bible? It is. It's give him more chaos and trouble down through the years than anything. Psalm chapter 12, verse 6. I want everybody to notice this. I preached on this for ages. The Bible said the words of the Lord are pure words. Would you believe that tonight? Give me a good strong amen on that. Amen. The words of God are pure. Pure means there's no contamination. Pure means there's nothing in it that defiles it. If you drink pure water, you're drinking water without any contaminants or anything else. And it's not city water. I'm unfortunately, I've got city water. And you said, well, I just buy spring water. I got a well. Sometimes the well ain't right. Amen. And sometimes the water, I sometimes think that they put that water, I call it pure water, and I think they take it out of tap line somewhere else and put it on the shelf and sell it for pure water. They may not do that. And I may be falsely accusing them, but I, I'm paranoid sometimes on them little areas. I've seen, I, I have... Uh, heard crooks, seen crooks, and dealt with crooks. Because I've been pastoring for 50-something years. That's the reason. All right. The words of the Lord are pure words. Secondly, you notice that's got a colon, a double period. And he says, as silver tried in the furnace or in a furnace of earth. This book has been tried Where's it been tried? In the furnace of the earth. This earth has tried this book for 6,000 years. It's still here. Then it said purified seven times. 
We've got that mark back there on our thing of the different times that they got it. And the seventh one was the 1611. Somebody said, I'm not all that strong on the 1611. You're going to stumble somewhere. Verse number seven says, Thou shalt keep them. What? The words. O Lord, thou shalt, what's this next word? Preserve them from this generation forever. Now what Bible are we talking about, preacher? The Bible calls it the 1611. You said you don't find that in the Bible. You don't reckon? Suppose I showed it to you. Look at Psalm chapter 16. What is the first word of that? Matter first, let me look at this. Uh, how many verses? 16, 11. How many verses has that verse got, or that chapter got? Huh? 11? What chapter is it? 16, 11. Now it says this. Preserve. First word. Read the last two words of that chapter. Forevermore. God, I got enough right there. 1611. Preserve forevermore. Why, preacher? I just wouldn't, I wouldn't jump on that. Well, amen. Go dig you another hole and stick your head in it. Amen. I'm going to take it. I'm going to believe it. They're making many changes. And the devil's got the world to the place that they want. Did you know tonight, I'll give you something else. You can look at the verses. There used to be a time when you could go look at something if you was looking at it and the verse would be put out there and you have to look behind it. How many of you look at the end of the verse sometimes to see if it's got another version behind it? How many does that? And if it's, if it's got something besides KJV behind it, you're going to know that you've got the wrong version. But I'll tell you what the devil's done. He's put another notch in his plans. You can find scriptures now written on things that will just give you the verse and the chapter and it won't have any version behind it. Making you think that it's a King James. When you look on the very back of it, it will say some other version. And it's so fine print that you older people in here have to have a magnifying glass with two pairs of glasses. You said, preacher, you just come up, this, come up with this stuff all the time. Ain't you glad? You go check it out. Amen. That's why it's important when you send a Christmas card. Uh, well, don't send, don't send me no Valentine. But uh, a thank you card or whatever. You have to look them over carefully. Are you with me? Are you still all right? Stay with me. So I look at these things and I find out tonight that the devil is out there trying to ruin us and hurt us and 
uh, harm us instead of trying to help us. I appreciate the Word of God tonight. I do. I give Him the glory and the praise. My time's done got me. Just about when I get ready to preach. All right. God bless you. Let's bow our heads. Ask God's help, help tonight. Direct us.